You're listening to More Than A Game, a podcast by Cats Football Press. Each week, we'll cover the English Premier League, as well as football, both in Australia and around the world. We'll also give you our take on what's got us talking on the pitch and off. I'm Andy, and I'm joined by Colby. Hey. And Tommy. How's it? This week, we're actually recording on a Monday night, rather than our customary Sunday afternoon. And that means we've got a whole other night's worth of games to get in, so we've got quite a bit to get through. Bonus material this week. Bonus content. Lads, we have been everywhere this week. We've been interstate, weddings, we've played five-a-side this evening, the blood's (laughs) still pumping. This is the life of semi-professional football player slash commentators. And very amateur podcasters. How are we going? Good? How's this? We're living the dream. Good, yeah. All right. Living let's... the dream. The, the City Road hash den is up and running. <laughs> up we've and got running. a table in here tonight. We've got improvements in the studio. We've got froth. We've got cheese. This I'm, is all I'm ready, ready to go. I'm ready to go. There's so much football to yeah. discuss. I'm well, pumped. Let's not waste any more time and let's get into our moment of the week. Okay, let's kick off with our moment of the week. Now, for the uninitiated, this is where we talk about our favourite moment in the week of football, both on the pitch and off. Uh, boys, what's stood out for you this week? Uh, Tommy, kick us off. Yeah, so my favourite uh, moment of the week this week was Adam Smith's red card uh, for Bournemouth against Everton. Um, it wasn't so not, so much necessarily the, the actual incident, um, but more just the fact that justice of it. After Adam Smith had goaded uh, Richarlison into um, getting sent off earlier on in the match, and now it was just a case of, yes... Justin, <laughs> was a bit, there was a bit, was a bit of karma about it. Wasn't and, it? and I think he almost, he almost knew it. He was like, "Yeah, what goes around and comes around has finally come round and bitten him on the ass." It was, it was really great to see. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Very satisfying. Uh, Colts. Yeah, uh, my moment of the week was uh, Matty Ryan's save uh, in the early stages of the game against Liverpool this week. Not like, not like you to support a soccer Point blank <laughs> header. Get around the boys. Get around him. It was a fantastic save. Low and to his right. Strong hand. Strong keeps it hand. out. Big moment for Matty Ryan. What about you, Andy? My moment of the week, actually not a gameplay moment, but off the pitch, that was both Pep and Kyle Walker not bitching about the refereeing. Um, obviously, there was... Was a, it through gritted teeth? There, no, it wasn't at all, actually. There was there was obviously a controversial moment in the City-Watford game. And no? We'll, no? Really? We'll, we'll, come back. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll come back to that. But what I like is that Pep said, we had plenty of shots. I'm not the referee. I never will be. Um, we needed to do more. I don't know. A, nice, a refreshing change mm-hmm. after every other press conference we listen to. I don't want to, you know get on Pep too hard, like, you know. I think it was also because he knew that his team had been matched. Yeah. So, but fair play to them, like, coming out with that, it's pretty classy as opposed to the usual sort of spin that you do here as well, so. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, later on we'll we'll chat about that and more of the the weekend's action, but next, uh, why don't we talk about our own goals? 
okay, own goal. And um, no, Cobb, that's not our own goals, but our, <laughs> our own goal for the week. Got to, got um, score goals to do <laughs> your own. I, I, I score many own goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you take us through yours for the week? Yeah, mine is, uh, this week you might have seen it on Twitter and another social media channel that you might be on, uh, Everton promoing uh, their, one of their sponsors is Angry Birds and a couple of their players, Gilfie Sigerson, Senk Tosin and Theo Walcott have each got their own uh, Angry Birds character which you can unlock on the Angry Birds app. Is, is that still a thing? I think people played Angry oh, Birds. I haven't played Angry Birds in about five I've years. I've never played Angry Birds. Angry Birds Evolution. <laughs> 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 this is their Twitter. This is... This is so stupid. I hate this. I hate, hate this with every ounce of my body. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you get the point, but that it's it's like peak, peak Everton. We'll, we'll share the photo on, on the... 2018 football yeah. sponsorship. <laughs> we'll share the photo on the Facebook, and, like, I, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, I can't even tell who's who. I can kind of see the likeness with Theo Walcott, but the others, I'm like... I, Does he look like he can't put a ball in? <laughs> He's just got this weird ass beard. And Is like sort a of... flappy Jordan Pickford as well. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a fail. Anyway. <laughs> no good. Uh, Tommy, what about you? Own goal for the week. Yeah, look, I don't know. So my own goal this week, I think, was a bit of a no-brainer for me, and I think the player involved uh, wasn't using his brain a lot either, which was uh Lloris um, getting caught for drink driving during the week. Lloris is a lad. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if getting on the tins and then going for a cruise is like you're drink driving is not okay. Uh, we do not encourage this. Is, this, this is a responsible podcast. It's good. <laughs> I just think um, so. Being putting on my responsible hat, if I was a father, um, I would be. All against this. If you were I'm Hugo Lloris' father or if you were Hugo Lloris <laughs> as a father, father. hypothetically? <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> this is just all of this hypotheticals even about being a father is, is, is just making me uncomfortable. Is, is this segment going the way you thought it would? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but drink driving, look, there's a lot of sports athletes now that seem to, to get done for drink driving all the time. Hamish Rodriguez a couple of years Rooney. ago. Rooney, yeah. yeah. Um, and it just... Happens all the time, and mm. I mean, you just don't get on the tins and then go speeding around in like a. It's an older think athletes road. still got on the tins like mid season. I now. didn't think athletes drove. Like, why wouldn't just get <laughs> yeah, someone else yeah. to drive for you? Do they yeah. not have enough money that they can't employ a driver? Yeah. Well, I guess having said that though, if you've got a super expensive car, you want to be driving it. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point? Uber Just have a Mitsubishi Lancer or something. Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drive. Want to drive in? <laughs> Yeah. Andy, Irrespons- <laughs> irresponsible. That was that was irresponsible from Larice. And another irresponsible comment oh, I would segue. say comes from Manuel Pellegrini. And, and I love Pellegrini, but Jesus, uh, look, I've got three for this week. But this is the first one. Um, Manny said that you said no own goals. What's that? You got three. It's an yeah, own goal. I got three, three. Um, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Pelle- <laughs> Pellegrini making a comparison between Jack Wilshere and Andrea Pirlo. Poor. What, what do you mean? They, they're like for like. I mean, he said they play in the same position, which. If Pirlo played in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Pirlo was playing in a wheelchair most of the time. Yeah, fair. His legs did go near the end. I think maybe the comparison is, is fair if you say that neither player can actually defend. Yeah, okay. Coming from a West Ham fan as well, although he's yeah. only been here, what, three months? Yeah, but, Pilo, but Pilo does all the other stuff. 
yeah. that Jack doesn't do. But <laughs> you know, look, I don't just spend a lot of time on it because, yeah, the internet's had enough fun with we're it. We're going to have to disagree, agree to disagree there, I think, then, Andy. Here's another one. <laughs> another person we're going to disagree with this week is Ross Barkley's 20-goal target that he set for himself. It's almost as hilarious as Murata's 30-goal target. <laughs> <laughs> look, Ross Barkley, 20 goals a season... Trying at 20 games a season. Zara's <laughs> filling him with a lot of confidence. Do you know how many goals Ross Barkley scored last season? Zero. Correct. Do you know how many games he played for Two. Chelsea? Three. Ooh. Croc, Croc Tammy, come on. But I, I think, no, your, your point is fair because I don't think Ross Barkley has scored a career 20 goals yet. He hasn't. He hasn't. He scored like 18. <laughs> Tommy loves some Ross Barkley on fantasy, though. Get, you know, yeah. get him get him going oh. about his fantasy smokies obviously, and Ross Barkley is one of them. This is draft, mind you. Obviously, Ross Barkley... <laughs> he's going to a regular fantasy team. <laughs> he loves himself on fantasy too if he's giving himself 20 goals for the season. That's... Um, mm. Triple captain, first week, Ross Barkley. Oh, <laughs> All right, number three. I promised three. And number three was Roy Hodgson beating with Harry the Hornet. Now, managers really should have, you know... I love a good press conference, but uh, I don't know, it's not not a good look when you're having a go at the mascot. So um, let's hear what Roy, Just play the audio. Roy had to say about that. All right, play it. I mean, if you're asking me whether Harry the Hornet, who I presume is the mascot, should dive in that way, I think it's disgraceful. You know, because that's not what football matches are about. You know, and certainly if it's if it's provoking the crowd into looking for something which isn't there, it should be stopped. Um, Wilf Zaha does not dive for penalties um, he gets knocked over sometimes sometimes he gets knocked over or unbalanced without it necessarily being a foul or a penalty because he runs at such speed and runs with, he's got such agility with the ball um, but he certainly doesn't dive but of course unfortunately if, that's what, if teams try to take every advantage they can you've mentioned the, the mascot I would be very disappointed if, if a Crystal Palace mascot was doing something like that to provoke the crowd against an opponent. And if I found out about it, I'd stop it. Yeah, stern words there from Roy Hodgson. Can he speak sternly? <laughs> and, um, and by the way, Wilfred Zaha does not dive. Sometimes he gets knocked over, but he does not dive. It's all about his incredible acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> Or, I don't know, going after the mascot. What if we see Boilerman dive? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to last week's uh, APL matches. Starting off with last week, we had Burnley-Watford. Um, unfortunately, another Jono 3-1 to Watford. Two very early goals. Andre Gray opened the scoring for Watford, starting and finishing a move with a great volley from the top of the box. It was just three minutes later, and it was James Tarkowski to equalise with his first goal for the club. That was a great leaping header. Um, second half, Troy Deeney and Will Hughes gave Watford a deserved 3-1 away at Turf Moor. Will Hughes, what a goal. Yeah, great Delta. stroke outside the box. Tarkowski, wait for it. Yeah. More about that later. <laughs> now, Man City Did and he? Huddersfield, uh, 6-1, and this was the Aguero and Ben Mendy show. Obviously... Kudaguero got the hat-trick. Um, great poachers finish from Jesus. Uh, David Silva, cracking free kick. Um, but, boys, how good was Aguero? Yeah, he's exceptional. the best, yeah. Yeah, what a start to the season for him. If he can keep fit, I don't know. It's funny looking back, like, two years when everyone went, oh, yeah, Aguero, uh, sorry, Guardiola's come in. Aguero's not going to play. Yeah. And yeah. all three finishes, <laughs> all different types. All good. Um, Brighton and Man U... 
3-2 for Brighton. What a result. So it was Glenn Murray. Game. Picked it. Oh, yeah, we did. we didn't we pick it? Actually, let's stop the bus just there. We did <laughs> yeah. pick it. But last week on the podcast, look, we'll be preview. We'll be previewing uh, Man United Spurs later. So uh, yeah, listen, <laughs> listen excited. on for that because we'll be uh, giving you the exact score and goal scorers. But 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 back to call, call your bookie. <laughs> call your bookie. <laughs> now that game, it was Glenn Murray who opened the scoring in the twenty fourth, and Duffy to make it two 0 shortly thereafter. Duffy, that was a good goal too. It was a great goal. But, uh, you know, United did have chances, guys. They did. And um, they got it on the score sheet through Lukaku, left unmarked, um, put the header in, made no mistake. But uh, just before the break, though, Eric by Peg Manu back again. He had an absolute stink and he gave away a pen, so that makes it 3-1 at half time. Second half, there was a great long-distance effort from Pogba, but who came up the goods but Matty Ryan, Colby's Big boy. boys. Right across the goal, big strong hand, great goalkeeping. Yeah. Uh, late in the game, Flady won a penalty in injury time. Pogba did the business, but um, too little, too late, and a big. I, I really liked that pen because he, as he was running up, he was he looked like he was going to do the the short run up. Like looked the, like he was going to do Zaza. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pogba he was going to do that Pogba's again. Penalties, and then it was like it hit him. Oh, I really need to score this and get the ball, get the ball back up the other end, so we can score again. Like, because then, like, we could get a point out of this. Mm. It was like that. That dawned on him midway through his run up. Yeah, no, right. And he had obviously his comments after the game as well. Basically, said we weren't good enough. I wasn't good enough, but but the preparation sure. wasn't good enough no. either. So no. he didn't miss an opportunity to stick the knife in either. That that drama just keeps going, but um, it's so passive aggressive, isn't it? Oh dear! And he copped a lot. He copped a lot of flack for it, um, Pogba. Yeah, I think deservedly so as well. Like for, for saying no, no, no. no I think for the performance. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But he got he got flack for saying we weren't good enough. Some people expected him to just say, say so what you know. Unlucky, <laughs> unlucky. You know, we're not not to yeah, say I'm, I'm, came not, out I'm not good it, enough. Yeah. Um, I think that disarms the whole com- like the argument, doesn't it? And I think a lot of people who are angry want to still be angry, but he's owned it, and so and by that they we- can't have that. And argument. by that we mean the former Man United players that had a go at him on uh, on Twitter, namely Scholes and and Neville. But yeah. anyway, yeah, they don't seem to like him, do they? Do you reckon they gave him heaps when? Pogba, because like, they were, I think I they were all at the yeah. club at the, around the same time. Weren't you they? can imagine the personalities not um not clicking. Amongst yeah. those guys, but yeah, Scolzi and Pogba, you know, very different players. Um, last of all, though, was Palace and Liverpool two nil regulation win for Liverpool. Um, Jimmy Milner with the penalty in the first half, and then Palace had to go for it, but in the end, it was Liverpool at their counter-attacking best. Mane with the finish. Not much else we can say Delicious. about it. Good win for Liverpool because this would have been a banana skin last season. Yeah, and, and it was and banana skin and the season before. And these yeah. are exactly the sort of games we said Liverpool had to win if they want to mount a challenge this year. Yeah, they're looking good. They made it look pretty easy, really. Not not easy. Palace are a good team. I think Palace showed in that game that they're they're going to be uh, a tough place to go to, um, especially at yeah. home. They're looking they're looking pretty solid at the back, and you know a couple of really fantastic fullbacks in Van Aanholt and um, it's it's one one Bismar. Bisaka is it? Bisaka. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll be back. Um, he should be back next week, right after his uh, after his red in that game. But I mean, you know, they're they're looking a threat. It, with, it was just the, the it was when he was the last man, wasn't it? That's so, right. I think yeah, he only misses the pen. Yeah, he only misses a week. Mm. All right. Well, guys, it sounds like we should take it forward to uh, last night's matches. Uh, let's go to uh, Wolves and City. 
So Monday. well, yeah, because we're recording Monday night. So this yeah. is this is sorry Saturday night's matches for so it's playing along at home. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm not a time traveller. We are actually on Monday. Um, Coming to you from the future. Uh, <laughs> okay, one all, Wolves and City. Boys. What a great game. Hungry Wolves. Hungry <laughs> <Three> Wolves. <laughs> and how ridiculous is it? Like, I had to pinch myself a few times to go, this is a championship team last year. And look, they've added a couple of quality players, but, I mean, it shows that if you come with the right attitude, you can be really competitive. positive football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, look, they, they did sit deep and they were com- compact when they didn't have the ball. But at the same time, they were aggressive and they pressed when they needed to press. And they was, yeah. it was smart football. Well, and let's remember, like, it was Wolves that opened the scoring and they'd already had a goal disallowed at that point. Yeah. So they were... What you know, did you think about the goal disallowed, Tommy? Look, I think when, when people blow up and say that, oh, yeah, the, the Wolves goal should have been, uh, was it uh, Wally's? Bolly? Bolly. Bolly? Wally Bolly? Where's Bolly? He's at the bar post. That's what Roy calls him, Wally Bolly. When people say that that, that shouldn't have been a, a goal, I go, well, on another day that, that is a goal, and even even with the AR. And just and um, just for everyone listening, we're talking about the Bolly goal now, are we? Well, I'm talking about both the, okay. I think it was uh, Raul Jimenez. Jimenez and, the first one, yeah. Yeah, which was the disallowed offside mm-hmm. goal. Yeah. And I think on another day that could have been uh, it, um, given as a goal because sure. it, it was it was a 50-50 call. You flip a coin and on another day, like I said, that that's a goal. But let, let's let's go about the one that was given, which was Willy Bolly, not Bolly Willy, <laughs> but Willy Bolly. Willy Bolly. So, for anyone that didn't see it, Moutinho and Neves combining it on the short corner. Neves whips in a fantastic ball. Um, not given the finish it deserved because basically Willy Bolly just fell over, over his own feet, and the ball's gone in off his arm. Andy Corpanetti's goal. <laughs> just about. <laughs> just about. But, but just like Andy Corpanetti's, he claimed it like he meant it. Yeah, well. didn't he? He got didn't up, he? gave everyone the nod. Absolutely. Um, and look, when, when it's against City and you're just uh, happy to be there and being competitive, yeah, 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 like you do celebrate it like yeah. it is a, a worldie from 30 yards out. Guys, is that the least graceful finish we've seen? Yeah. <laughs> so far, yeah. It, it's up there. But like you said, the rest of the Molyneux couldn't give a rats. Um... And look, I, I guess for the rest of the match, it um, City City sort of huffed and puffed, and you don't, you don't get to say this very often, but they huffed and puffed, but... Didn't really look like they, did they hit the were... post three times. <laughs> they did. Um, you know, David Silver reckons he should have had a penalty, but he ended up just getting booked for his troubles. Mm. Do you, but do you think? Um, I mean, this match compared to other games that City's played, where they've just completely blown teams off the park. Was this a case of City's intensity wasn't quite on? Wolves tactically were um, fantastic, or did Wolves just ride their luck? Which I think Wolves boys? really rode their luck. In this game, I mean, they played really positively, and and to to that extent, you do make your own luck. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you you have to be lucky to be good, and good to be lucky. I don't know the saying, but <laughs> I, I, it makes sense. Um, yeah, let's remember, like like Jesus came on for Bernardo Silva immediately. Big save with that header from Rui Patricio, who had a fantastic game again. Mm. Oh yeah, we uh, haven't mentioned that yeah. yet, have we? That, that save, both keepers was excellent in this game. Amazing. Yeah, that's right. So that was early on, big save um, mm. from Sterling, which was like well outside the box as well, and Jeezy hit that uh, immediately. Big save on um, Jesus, point blank range. 
Uh, City did get a goal though. Um, Laporte, first goal for the club. What a what a smashing header though! Yeah. Like you don't stop great, them, do you? Great ball from Gundogan. Just yeah, really really got on the end of that. Do, do you think City are sort of uh, starting to feel what it's like, sort of life without De Bruyne? where they don't have that same... Look, Gundogan's a great player. They don't have that same quality through the middle, though, do they? They don't have that same drive, and they're... Look, like I said, Gundogan's good. I don't know if it's that. I think that the main difference was Bernardo Silva was a bit deeper. He was where David Silva was last week, and between the two of them, I'd always rather have David Silva a little bit deeper on the ball a bit more. He seemed a bit isolated further up. But But I think Dilva and Once they made that change... For, for me, I think Dilver and Bilver are both very similar players. Is that what people are calling them now? Well, I am. Oh. Bernardo Silva, Bilver. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to work out. I didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> so anyway, Willy Wally. Bernardo Silva and... Billy Wally. <laughs> this is going great tonight, isn't this it? Is really, we're really lifting the quality here. <laughs> um, we're making fun of people's names. This is poor. It's, um, just, it's, it's a shorthand. Come on. <laughs> roll with it. Roll with it. Okay. Wally with so it. that one finished up one all. Um, Bournemouth and Everton. Oh wait, just before we leave Wolves and City though. Oh yeah. I mean, you know the 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 other big talking point to come out of this game was you know obviously with a few questionable calls you get the inevitable discussion about you know should VAR be in the Premier League? I mean, I think that's a discussion that's worth having as well. I mean, what's your what's your stance? Well, if it needs to be. The, the problem I think the league has come out and said that the referees aren't ready and the referees. Association has said they're not ready yeah, to implement it. Well, I mean, it's, it it's everywhere else. Cup, yeah, with, with like referees from around the world all coming together. But like I guess, I guess at the World Cup, you've got the best three referees, from yeah. the best three from everywhere else, and maybe they're ready. Mm. But how many games are there every weekend? Mm. How many referees is that? If they're not ready to do mm. it, and as a fan, do you want VAR in that game? Happy to have VAR as it's done properly. Nah, look, but it worked well at the World Cup. Yeah, but it didn't work well at the A-League. It was a farce in the A-League. Well, this and is the, and, this, and this is the other saying. leagues throughout Europe and last this, year. This is what I'm saying. It should be in the Premier League once they're ready. If it's going to be like the A-League, don't have it. Yeah. But it worked in the World Cup. It's worked in Serie A so far. Mm. When they're ready to do it, implement it. But And look, the only time people ever say that VAR should be in the league or in a yeah, particular league is like when this. their team cops a bad goal. No one mm. ever says... VAR should be in the league when their team cops a like a cheap goal or something like that. Like Wolves fans right now aren't saying, "Yeah, definitely need VAR." They're just mm. happy to roll it, ride their luck this they week. Would, they would have won two one. Yeah, <laughs> swing around, yeah. yeah, okay. Right. Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Bournemouth Everton. Everton. Um, Tommy, do you want to take us through it? You have, yeah. you have a bit to say about this game. Yeah, look, um, I've already spoken, I guess, a little bit about Adam Smith's red, but look, let's sort of take a step back and, and talk about Richarlison's red. Yeah. Like, um, this um, really sort of came out of nowhere. I think it was like a corner or something that was, had sort of been defended out yeah, by... Yeah, um, sort of just pushing and pulling on the corner. Yeah, and then uh, Richarlison's gone over and they've sort of gone chest-to-chest with each other. And, uh, like, as football players seem to do all the time, they've almost rested foreheads on each other. Mm. Uh, and look like they're about to embrace. And then uh, Richarlison sort of pushed him away with his head, but then's had like another bite. And um, I've heard this call before called almost like a one-inch punch. Um, but 
it was it was really obvious what he was doing. Oh, he definitely baited him into it. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. So, do you think Adam Smith should have got something for that? I mean, I know there's there's not technically a rule. Uh, in that, but I mean, everyone saw it. Everyone saw. It. I mean, it was stupid by Richarlison to bite, but I mean, you know, Adam Smith walks away from that with nothing. I mean, I know you know justice was served in the end, as we said, but you know, to sort of walk away from that and bait someone into getting sent off. But that's I don't know. Part, that's it just doesn't sit right with me. Too. I mean, that, that's part of it. Well. If you can bait someone into making a stupid decision, that's up to them. I mean, these guys have been playing long enough. And if had people do this every week, like... Tell you what, you'd be putting a big that. challenge on Adam Smith the next time he had the ball in that game. Yeah, you would. Absolutely. And that's the way to, that's the way to do it. Not to um, tapping with your head and get sent off. Yeah, yeah if, you're gonna head, from if, if you're going to head... If you're going to headbutt someone, you want to do it to do it style, right. don't you? Yeah. you? You want the other dude to be absolutely floored by it. So, yeah. no, no, <laughs> Mortal Kombat no. style or something. <laughs> now, but also, back to um, the, the rest of the match, Everton really uh, shut the bed here, didn't they? Yeah, in the last 15 minutes, I, I think so. Like, Baines's penalty that he gave away, like, you would think just an experienced player like Leighton Baines would, would be able to do better. But, yeah, it was just... So he's... Um, I think he it was a, it was a cross or a corner, I can't remember. And, yeah, he's just... He's pretty much just run into him. But sometimes you go, oh, look, that's maybe a little bit clumsy. Maybe he hasn't seen him. But he's got eyes for him. He's looking straight at the player. He's trying to put him off. Um, so he's just run into the back of King, wasn't it? Uh, I, think it was I can't Andy remember King. who it was, but um, I think it was Andy King. But anyway, yeah, he's just run into the back of him. It wasn't, but just really, really sloppy play from a player who he's a leader in that Everton team. And you think, well, I mean, Marco Silva's teams there, they do make mistakes defensively, and I mean, they must focus a lot on the attacking side of the game uh, in training, and I guess philosophically as well. And like just simple mistakes like that, you go, well. That's that's not a training issue. Maybe is that no. like a, a just the way they're approaching the game, like and just just saying it's it's mentality. Switch off in the last fifteen minutes like that. Well, I think well at the time they were two 0 up, and look as Bournemouth showed the week before, they love to come back from a uh, from a from a, a point oh, sorry a goal down or something like that. And yeah. look, that I think they they showed a lot of heart to get back into this game and to earn a point, and I think they. They deserved the point just from the last 15 minutes alone. Now, the last goal they did get was from um, Nathan Ake, which, I mean, someone amongst us did mention him at the start of the season as being key to Bournemouth's <laughs> chances. I won't say who it was, but, um, look, good header, but should have been tracked, really. Yeah, well, I think he actually swept it in with his feet, didn't he? Like, yeah. it was uh, it was Cook's, Cook's header, and then yeah, Ake, just with great predatory instincts around the box, around the, the six-hour box, has just swept it in, and... But I thought there were plenty of Everton players around. That's just not. They were, but they were all flat-footed. Exactly. That's. I think we've seen that a lot just across the league, where there's so many attacking teams at the moment, Mm. and there's a lot of teams that are fading really hard in that last twenty minutes. And teams like Bournemouth, who I mean, Bournemouth aren't a defensive team, um, but I think they're being a little bit more selective, and they're playing for the full twenty. Sorry, ninety minutes, which is quite smart. Um, The other, I guess, the other things were um, out of this match. um, Michael Keane. Uh, obviously scored a great header, yep. but then um, Cop- copped a bit of a header too. Yeah, and look at the time. <laughs> a few headbutts in this match. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. It was um, look, it was really brave defending um, when he's gone for that clearance at the yeah. end. But um, it, since since the game, it's been been announced that um, he's actually got a fractured skull, skull out of it, which yeah. which means he's probably going to be out for about a month. And yeah. look, I always worry about that kind of thing. Yeah, there's obviously the player's health and whether or not. 
or how they're just going to go from that side of the house. But um, there's also, from a footballing perspective, you wonder... How, how is his confidence going to be the next time he's rushing out? Is is he going to throw himself at it in the same way? And look, some players are, are able to do that just game after game, year after year. Some players are just not the same after an injury like this. And we'll, it'll be really interesting, seeing, inter, interesting to see how Michael Keane uh, goes after this. And in the meantime, Everton do have... They did bring in some defenders. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, Kurt Zuma came on yeah, yeah. Um, to replace him. He got some minutes, and yeah. Yeri Mina, and Yeri Mina. I, I, is he fit to I play? think Gary Min is not fit yet. Yeah, he wasn't in the he wasn't in the squad for the uh, Bournemouth game, but um, you know Everton is sort of saying that he's not too far away. He was, um, you know, I think he was potentially lined Just up for this cracked, game. Crack, crack the beer, Tommy. Just <laughs> right, <laughs> doing it in slow motion. Sorry, boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Yerimin is not too far away either. So they've got, um, they've actually got so a bit of cover, cover in that position. Again, that really shows you how important that deadline day business is. And it's actually one of the best moves. Uh, you know, not not really talked about that much, especially not on the, here at More Than a Game podcast. Uh, was um, trading away Ashley Williams to mm-hmm. Stoke or loaning him out to Stoke because I don't know if you guys have seen any of any of the games or any of the highlights but he has been dog shit for Stoke really yeah he's been I think he's been sent I off twice I haven't been following Stoke I've got to say I've been following <laughs> Stoke in the championship I don't think no. I followed him in the Premier League <laughs> <laughs> he has been absolute dog shit so I mean I think they uh, chose a good time to to send him because I think you know he'd he, been he fading, peaked at Swansea yeah he'd been fading really fast and sometimes mm-hmm. when a player's legs go or I guess head and legs start to go, then, yeah, it's time to just sell Well, they, they'd already lost Richarlison. They definitely couldn't handle another red card in that match. Yeah. <laughs> Too many hot tempers in the one team. Now, one um, one final point. I really love the kid of both teams. I oh, thought Umbro have done oh, really Umbro good kids, kids this week, yes. yeah, this year. You froth you some, like, white or pastels <laughs> that are all in this season. <laughs> oh, let's make our third kit bone. <laughs> no, look, actually, I don't like the bone kits, which... Uh, like there's, like there's off a, white. a few bone and off white, yeah, ivory, yeah. Ivory, yeah. I don't, don't like those, but the um, uh, did Bournemouth have? I'm pretty sure they had a sash, didn't they? Mm. No, no, the sash. Oh, that was Jordan sorry, that's Palace. palace yeah, and we, we'll get to that kit as well. All right, sorry. Right. Let's let's move you know, on. At anyway. least at least they're not doing the all fluoro thing. Or... I'm so glad that fad has just passed. Except that... for Liverpool, they've still got shit ones. <laughs> Got the purple this season. <laughs> yeah, Let alone their home kit. Anyway, let's move um, on. Another average kit: Arsenal and West Ham, um, also known as Two the Jack kids. Wilshere Derby or the relegation <laughs> six-pointer. Yeah, this is a real, real <laughs> bottom of the table battle. This one. Yeah, and that was a really open game. Um, Tommy, you've got down here that could have been five-four. Yeah, look, both teams just seemed like they didn't want to defend and just. We're happy to throw men forward, and as soon as they did, no one seemed interested in tracking back. No one seemed interested in closing down any of the space until it got to about the 18-yard box. And um, there was a few times the likes of uh, Felipe Anderson. I think two or three occasions he just ran 60 metres with the ball. And yeah, he's quick, but no one looked like they were even going across to close him down. The the defence would drop off and, and so on and so on. And he did um, have a hand, I think, in the, the first goal thing on the 25th minute mark. It was an out of itch. Yeah, so uh, I guess similar to that, he's 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 gone travelled a long way with the ball and fed it into an out of itch's feet. And good, good finish. Yeah, really fantastic nice. finish. And that's something that's starting to annoy me a little bit about an out of itch is that he will finish off the hard ones yeah. and he makes them sort of look easy but then some of the easier ones you go 
He doesn't really have to have to do a lot with it, and he'll put it wide or something like that. So it's sort of like he goes missing halfway through games as well. Like he he's been starting games really well, and you know coming out of the gate a real threat and a real handful, and then you know after about thirty four yeah. minutes and drops off a little bit. Yeah, it's I think it's one of the challenges for him because he's not used to playing up front. Mm-hmm. He's played yeah. half a season up front, and yeah, he's doing really well. But at the same time, yeah, and it was really the previous manager that converted him to that role as well, yeah. right? And yeah, now he's sort of just sort of continuing that on. So, yes, so that was Hanadovic to open the scoring, but it was just five minutes later, I think it was, um, Monreal. A um, bit more complacency from West Ham. Nah, starting to become a bit characteristic, and it was one all. Um, yeah. Just okay. didn't get closed down. It's happening again. It was never a relegation. Look, West Ham... In, in this game, they showed how good they can be going forward, and I think they create a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunities. And I said that before about how they could have maybe scored four goals or something like that quite comfortably. But if you're going to play that open and that attacking, you've got to take your chances. Otherwise, as they showed, especially in the last twenty minutes, you're going to cop goals mm-hmm. and you're going to give away chances. And to Arsenal's credit, they took some of the chances. They got a little bit lucky with the uh, the own goal to Diop yeah. as well, and. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're just missing a little bit of luck at the moment, creating plenty of chances. But they, um, I saw someone online say that um, it feels as though West Ham are pressing two or three yards too high up the pitch, and that's creating heaps of space in behind. Um, and we saw that in the Liverpool game. Yeah, though, exactly. Where, very, very where their centre-backs were sitting on the halfway line and... You know, then you, then you get breakaways. You just invite the pace of, um, you know, especially teams like that onto you when you do that. The Premier League's full of pace now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess not just that, but they're playing an offside trap. Get it. That's a legitimate tactic. A little bit antiquated, but anyway. Um, what they're not doing is they're playing the offside trap and then looking and waiting for the call and not then reacting to the second phase. And, I mean, we saw that a couple of times in the Liverpool game. And... That is that is so schoolboy. That that's that it's kind like watching of, kids play. It's yeah. exactly right. Um, but, um, you did say, Tommy. They did have plenty of chances. They created plenty of chances. Um, one of those, Robert Snodgrass. Yeah, look, like the the ball. There was some really it nice. Pains sort of... me to say, I'm having missed plenty of one on ones today. <laughs> <laughs> it pains me to say, it's a bit raw, is it? <laughs> very raw. Um, should yeah. we have done better? Snodgrass. Yeah, definitely should have buried that one. Like he's um, he's come back from Villa after twelve months away in the Championship, where they loved him, and we played a preseason friendly there, and they they gave him a really warm reception. Um, and he's come in, impressed the new manager, and he started the last two games. He's, and been, he's been getting a lot of minutes under Pellegrini. He's, he's, he has, and he's done well. And I think like he, he's good on the ball, he's passionate, he gets himself about. Um, and I'm, I've Who's been he really keeping out? Uh, Yarmolenko, I don't think he's quite fit yet. Mm. Um, or Mikhail Antonio. Um, yeah, I think it's it's those two. Right. Antonio can play on either side, and so far, well, he played on he played on the left this week. In fact, both the last two weeks he's played on the left, and so um, yeah. Look, I'm Antonio actually got injured, and Arnautovic as well. No surprises about Antonio; he's a bit of a glass cannon. But um, yeah, I'm not a not Antonio's biggest fan, so I'm kind of happy for him to be injured and let someone else to come in. Serious question now, boys. How much does Unai Emery look like Mr. Deeds? <laughs> give me a percentage. Um, I'll give you a 68%. Ooh. What do you reckon? 75%. Yeah, strong. Yeah. The connection's strong. Nice. That Unai energy. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got through Unai energy. 
energy. <laughs> um, so Lacazette finally got one. That was good. That made it 2-1. And then it was your boy Danny Welbeck. Uh, that guy Welbs. He's back. And again, Arsenal making the space with down the wings and then cutting it back into the box. That seems to be... That's two weeks in a row now. It seems to it's be a there. real legitimate tactic at the moment. Throughout the Premier League, for, oh, like for full-backs or oh. wing-backs to get to the byline, Getting cut it back, and it's creating a lot of, mm. lot of challenges for a lot of teams. Mm. Um, it, it's funny, like with the Arsenal West Ham game, I kind of wish I had been a neutral watching it because it was actually a pretty entertaining game. Like, not a lot of quality at the back, but Cole, uh, listen, Tommy, I was neutral watching it, and I didn't find it that entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of games that were not entertaining, Huddersfield and Cardiff. What a snooze fest! Another relegation six pointer, um, <laughs> and both teams just trying desperately not to lose. Another like, headbutt as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, probably the only other highlight of that game. There wasn't wasn't much else to talk about. Yep, basically. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southampton Leicester. Go, takes through it. Um, look, for me, um, like I can still really see Leicester's counter attacking um, DNA in this team, even though uh, Claude Puel is trying really hard to like sort of revolutionise or evolve their style of play. They're still at their best when they this get was the ball. The Claude Puel derby, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was actually. I didn't, didn't pick up on that. Mm. Leicester shouldn't. Leicester shouldn't have uh, given him away. I don't think he was good there. Um, Southampton. Oh, Southampton shouldn't yeah. given him away to Leicester. So yeah, and that, yes. that's kind of that was the sort of Southampton's almost near mm. fatal mistake when they let him go. They never really recovered from that. I mean, Pellegrino wasn't it who, mm. who took over from yeah. from him? And from yeah. ever since then, it's all it's kind of all gone a little bit pear shaped. And look, I did not rate. Marquis at all. I, I think he, he could take manager. Yeah. Yeah. Classic relegation manager. <laughs> and look he will he will not make a team better. He will get a team maybe playing to their ability, but he's not going to uh, you're not going to see a lot of synergies with a Marquis team. Another more yeah. than a game podcast prediction, uh, Gray to have a good season, isn't he looking good? Damari Gray? Damari. Yeah. Yes, yeah. not Andre. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> So, guys, what did we think about... There was a dive in this game. I love a guy. Toby? Pierre-Emil Hoyberg. Yeah. Yeah, so, look, this almost could have been my moment of the week, you know, because this was another really satisfying (laughs) moment where you go... Oh, you absolute peanut! And it, it was a terrible, des- terrible dive. And look, the referee has got it spot on. And uh, not just that, but he's booked him as well when he was already on a yellow card. And, and look, you, at moments like that, you wish you were in the opposition just so you could clap him off and say you absolute peanut. Exactly. Um, any other notable talking points? Big um, Harry Maguire with the yeah. winner. Jeez, just big Harry, big head, big strike. And gets the lid off. Got the shirt off. (laughs) I liked that. Yeah. He loved it, didn't he? He He loved it. It wasn't De Bruyne in like a sort of Harry Harry Maguire mask (laughs) or something, was it? (laughs) (laughs) But it was that good. I mean, look, Vestigard took a huge air swing at it. um, And you can see he should have really done better with it. But um, maybe you could possibly forgive Vestigard. He's a... He's a absolute big, he's monster a big lad, of a dude, you know? isn't he? Like you see, um, you see it um, in the pre-match when they flash up the the individual, um, the players and what positions they're in, and they show up a, a photo of the player. He takes up the whole screen. Yeah, exactly. Vestergaard's almost not even shot. Like, you, you just see his shoulders, and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Coles, Liverpool, and Brighton. Take us through it. One nil. Another game where Liverpool, you know, on another season, uh, you know, this one would have been one one. 
Um, But they got the job done and they're looking very solid at the back, Um, you know, with, you know, you would say probably not the first choice partner for Van Dijk in Gomez, um, who's looking very good. Playing very good football think, back think there he's with him. Looking much better than Lovren. Yeah, Lovren, you know, that was well, a great pair. Do, do you think Matip uh, could come back in this week? Uh, we got off the bench yeah, at did. the very he end. Did get off the bench. Um, yeah, I mean, I do you play for, those, for the future with those soft tissue injuries? Uh, you know, you don't know um, like how long they sort of you know takes to get you 100 percent right. But yeah, it looks like he's getting minutes and he's slowly being reintroduced back into the team. Um, but I mean. Or do on you the, keep a, on the other keep hand, a winning team? Good thing going, yeah. Why why, why change it? So um, look, Gomez is a he's a Liverpool product, isn't he? And I yeah, think there could be that sort of romantic aspect to it as well of play play the Liverpool kid. Well, I mean, you've got that in um, Trent Alexander Arnold, who's a Liverpool kid. Um, so that's you're not, you're not just limited to one though. That's it. <laughs> uh, you know, good good lot of good stories. Um, and, I mean, obviously, we've, we've got the uh, Matty Ryan save for Brighton. And I think Brighton, I mean, we all wrote them off um, in our preview podcast. But, I mean, they're, they're shaping up to be quite a good team as well. I mean, even away, away from home, they didn't have the best results last season. But, I mean, they, they played, um, you know, really positively against Liverpool as well. Um, you know, what, what did you think about their performance? No, I thought they were really good. I thought, um, especially, I really like Glenn Murray leading the line. He's a good, hard-working striker. Every year we yeah. say, "What are, you know, is he going to be able to go another season? Are they going to get another How season? How old is he? I don't know. But you know what? He, he said he goes all day. Um, like last week, he nicked in with a great goal as well. Um, against Boston. Matt. It was a delicate yeah, touch. Very... That was a very deft little flick. He's a great player. Um, Cobb's question without notice. What's Liverpool's best midfield at the moment? Oh. I mean, because... Jimmy Milner's getting a lot more time than I thought he would. Jimmy Milner is in red-hot form at the moment, so I'd say he has to be in there. The one that surprises me is one Wijnaldum. Yeah, mm. I, thought, I, I thought Keita would basically I take thought, his spot. And, um, yeah, well, I mean, I thought Fabinho would have been introduced into the team by now as well. But, um, yeah, so you've got... I mean, obviously Keita's um, playing very good football and he is looking every bit the player that we saw at Leipzig and then some, and he's just seamlessly um, slotted into the Premier League. Um and yeah, Wijnaldum has just is just doing a really great job um, in the six role and keeping Jordan Henderson on the bench. Yeah, you know, which depending on your school of thought is is easy or you know not Straight so easy. Forward, I think. Yeah, he's the club captain. That's right. Yeah, and that does count for something, especially at a club like Liverpool. So yeah, look, I think they do have the best um, midfield three that they've got on you know at the moment in terms of form certainly but will you know anything can happen um you know if a result doesn't go their way or you know one of those three ha- has a bad game you know you've got Henderson on the bench and probably Fabinho in there waiting to sort of slot look, in as well look, so there's good competition across it, the board for spots as well it's also very easy when you're only playing one game in a week and you wait just wait until like the cup games right. come and yeah. they're back in the Champions League that is when you start to see rotation as yeah. well as yeah. um some of that sort of um, cohesion becomes a problem as well. Where you are changing the team around, and you may not, you can't play your best eleven every week. So but when you, when you make the change, guess what I'm saying is, Kid is the one that's got to stay on. Like you got to make changes around him because for me, he's the one. They're going to build that midfield around him. He's yeah. the one that's making them tick at the moment. Yeah. The way he can turn and run at players, so dynamic. Can play the pass, he can do it all. So. Mm. Yeah. All right. Shall we get on to Watford and Palace? And Tommy finally has to talk about those sash jerseys now. Loved it. Love the sash. Oh. They look good, in, didn't they, Palace? Do you like the sash too? Yeah. Oh, 
I know. You don't need, need I'm more sash. Like, I'm still like twitching from that Peru sash. It's bringing back nightmares. I was going to get one of those. Yeah, me too. Oh. A Peru kit. It's just a shame we played them. Like otherwise, I probably would have got one. Well, obviously, oh. I was cheering for Peru in the World Cup. Oh, so, jeez. Oh. You're so anti-Australian. Speaking. Get out. Um, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, Watford Palace finished two one. Um, a whole of us. Did he mean it? Does it matter? Good strike. Just yeah. reach out for what it was, I think. Like, he definitely did not mean it. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, it was a cross. cross. <laughs> well, it was top bins. It yeah, looked, good. Yeah, it looked yeah. good to me. Um, he claimed it. He did. Uh, the other guy that definitely meant it was Roberto Pereira. Did oh. it again. He did the crocodile celebration again, too. I love that one. I love that. <laughs> He's doing really well at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Did, did. Well, he started the season really brightly last season as well. And that, you know, there was um, there were re- really hot competition for spots in that midfield three last year. Um, and now that Richarlison's gone. Yeah, it's made, um, made even more space do, for him. Do you think, um, I mean, Watford are one of only a few teams that have got maximum points so far. Do, yeah. do you think Watford could. Um, could, could could keep this up? Could well, they be the lesser of this season? Like we said in the preview, if they can not be so trigger happy with their managers, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, first off, first, bang, at the first sign of a, a, of a speed bump, you know, ditching their manager, and you know, someone else has to come in and learn the ropes. Yeah, I think they could. I, I think they could. They've got a great squad. They've had a great squad for a number of years now, and they've and like we said, they've improved in areas where they need to improve. So yeah, there's no reason why not. Uh, Cobb's made a good point about Pereira. Did start the season strong last season. Um, you know, even back when he was at Juventus, he had some good games, and then he'd go silent yeah. for mm. half season. So it's about keeping him going. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the key for Watford and their success is trying to get the most out of um, uh, Andre Gray yes. and yeah. Troy Deeney. Troy they're, Deeney. they're both doing really well, and look, they complement each other quite well. And I guess we're, it's just sort of another one of those examples well, of last year. bringing back the the front two. Yes, yes, correct. It's kind of this season. Big man, big man. Yeah, you know, exactly. There's no more big man, little man. man. It's all about the big man, big, big man combo. Yeah. Big lumps up top. Because last season they weren't playing together at all and neither of them could get into a good rhythm. So I actually think that's that's a real, uh, really great tactical move to sort of play them both. Uh, Cobb, speaking of big man, uh, in this case big man, little man, um, one big man that's not getting it done though, Benteke. Still not getting it done. I mean, Look, he's, he's, he's actually lively. playing better. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say that he's playing much better and he's getting chances. Yeah. But. I think when, when he breaks the drought, um, the floodgates will open for him because he's getting a lot of chances. Uh, Townsend in particular was providing him with great service in this game. I, th- I thought Townsend had a ripper. Yep. Um, and, you know, Benteke has, you know, as much as we love to hang shit on him, he was, you know, he's been playing pretty good football in the past couple of weeks and I think it'll happen for him. And it seems to be working with him and Zaha. We talked yeah. about it the other week, and um, that they just seem to combine really well together. Well, they've been playing together for the better part of two seasons, I get, you know, thereabouts now. So the, the, that sort of front three is fairly set. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to click for them. Nice. Um, Fulham and Burnley. Tommy, you want to walk us through it? Um, yeah, this was... Um, it was a good game because it was good to see Fulham get off the mark. So... Mm. Um, Fulham, Fulham ended up winning this uh, 4-2. A um, couple of great goals, and uh, Seri's goal uh, kicked Delicious. us off. Oh, absolute yeah. cracking goal. It, you definitely meant that Rocket one. from outside yeah. the there's, there's no doubt about that one. Um, and he's a quality player, and everyone knows he's quality. Yeah. Look, he, well, they spent £30 million pounds on him, which that's that's not cheap even for... Well, pretty much that's not cheap for anyone outside Except of the, the top oh. six <laughs> or seven then. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but... 
I guess the uh, the other good things out of this game were Mitrovic. Just he he looked like a man, another big man. Yeah, yeah done. And he I did, did hang shit on Mitrovic in our preview special, but <laughs> he had he had an absolute ripper, didn't he? He looked like he was having fun out there. He yeah. ran around. He was yeah. bossing defenders. He didn't know what to do when he scored the second goal. He did the same celebration yeah, again. He's not used to. I don't know. Too do you know what that one is? It's sort of like he's he's doing the little. Oh, the I little think, shelter is I in. think it's a dance move. I think it's a cry. Is uh, that like it's Serbian, isn't it? I think it's a Serbian dance move where I, they're pretending I to I like... I thought it was like an Indian Screw in the light bulb. Screw in yeah. the light bulb, yeah. Screw in the light bulb. the dog. Yeah, but the dog. I don't think it's an Indian celebration, but... <laughs> if anyone knows where that celebration's from, please hit us up on More Than The Game Pod uh, on Twitter or Facebook or uh, at Cats Football Press on Facebook. Any, Thank you. Any Mitrovic fans, please let us know. Um... That said, his first one, Joe Hart, I hate to say it, but could he have done better? Yep. Your boy. How long Look, before he's back? I'm a back? Joe Hart fan. You know, I think Heartbreakers, as they're known. <laughs> Joe Hart fans. When are we going to see a Joe Hart? Um, Angry Birds. Uh, a flappy icon. one. A flappy yeah, one. Flappy he, one. He did bloody flap at that, didn't he? Jeez, I thought he was going to take <laughs> off. That's how hard he was flapping. Everton against Burnley. That it was, was the Angry dipping, Birds special. <laughs> it, was, it was a dipping ball. It wasn't an easy one, but... He didn't make it. He made it look. He made it look <laughs> yeah. so much harder than it needed to be. Yeah, that's it. Classic Joe Hart. That's it. Great boy, and yeah, look, series one couldn't do much about. Uh, Mitrovic is second. Couldn't do much about that. Yeah, it was a great cross by Vieta, wasn't it? Yeah, and he he kept uh, Sessegnon out this week, and. He did. Um, it's quite interesting to see Sessegnon yeah. didn't, didn't get on this week. They're playing at home. I don't know if the manager's just trying to protect him a little bit or... Or keep him hungry. Yeah. And possibly also just trying to make sure that he doesn't just throw him out there and he, I guess, mm. mentally ties him out. Um, it's a long season. There's 38 games plus cups. And, look, I, I think that Fulham team could even go well in some of the cup competitions as um, well. So. Vieto, for me, interesting player. He's a young Argentine. He's very, very good. He's a lot of comparisons in his early days to him and Dybala. I've been buying him on um, manager for years. You can play. He can play. You didn't forward. discover Vieto. You're not going to pull that one. I bloody <laughs> did. I bloody did. Um, Look, he can play as a forward as well. It'll be interesting to see if they do try that out as well. And actually Big man, play, little man? Play him up with Mitrovic. Mm, they could. I like it. They could. But that said, they've got such good men out wide. I don't know if they'll, um, they'll ever need to make that switch. But, um, yeah. Uh, the other thing was that Sherlock, I thought, was really unlucky almost not to get a hat-trick. Like, yeah. he, he played really well and showed that maybe Chelsea might have made a mistake in letting him go. and. Because we'll no. remain not like, not like, not like Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> let, let go of good another, players. Another good player that Chelsea have let go, who turns out to be actually really good. Um, uh, but I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Speaking of Chelsea, they went up against Newcastle. Nice well played. What I need. Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about this was um, Newcastle, instead of deciding to pack the midfield, five in midfield, they decided to pack their defence. Played five at the back, which enabled yeah. um, the fullbacks. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean he's normally a bit more open, right? Ultra defensive. I mean, yeah. Jorginho alone made more passes Sending in this entire... Newcastle. Team. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think Chelsea had 81% of the possession, um, only had 15 shots, which considering that overwhelming possession is actually not a lot. And they only had three shots on target and, in the whole game, which... And that's where the stats really drop off. Yeah, like, you would almost expect they would have won by more, but maybe it's reflective in how well-organised Newcastle were. They were disciplined and... Um, 
yeah, Alonso maybe is the difference. The the left fullback slash wing back. Slash forward. <laughs> he does what he wants, doesn't he? I think he spent more time in the opposition penalty area than his own. Definitely. Definitely. And um, that was our, our one criticism criticism of him um, from the Arsenal game. Great going forward, but I don't know. Yeah, well, when you've got 81% percent, um, possession, it doesn't play. really matter. Like yeah. you, can, you can sit in the other opposition's But I, um, I guess the point I'm making is in that Arsenal game, they could have lost that match. Mm. They got away with it that week. But, you know, these games, sure, play Alonso. Let him go nuts, but it's going to be interesting to see when Chelsea do actually drop points and sort of how they respond to that. If they keep playing the same way, and Sari's always going to want his team to play this specific way, but yeah, it's a real marker of how Sari's going to play, right? Like he's you know he's not a coach who's going to park the bus. No, no, exactly. But but how the I meant more sort of how the players will respond. Will this? If they do drop points and it feels like it's not really oh, working, or the intensity's yeah. not quite there. Um, and how long that sort of takes. Like, it's, mm. it took Klopp a couple of years before, it, excuse me, he needed to bring in the right the right players mm. for it to kind of all work. But I think Sari's, Sari's imprint is all over this squad, or re- uh, sorry, all over this team already. And for him, for the team to be playing in the way that it is yeah. already so quickly... Yeah, and we've, massive... and weren't we saying that a week or two ago as well? Sari ball's well and truly, you know, sort of happening there yeah. already. It took Klopp, what, well, three years, and it's taken Sari three games. And Tommy did make the point a couple of weeks ago that Jorginho, he is Sari on the pitch. Yeah. He's the general, and when he's in the middle, I guess what I ask next is what happens if he goes down for any extended period? Who can step into that role? Well, and he can't, he can't play 50 games in a season, yeah. can he? But He's so dynamic. Can't play that, the way that Georgina does. No, play. not in the same like traffic conductor sort of way. But I mean, you know, he, that's a, that's an obvious stopgap in that six role. Unless, Unless, or do you keep the formation, and if Abrahams is ever fit again, yeah. can he step in there? Yeah. That's Look, I'm just going to expose a little bit of my managerial philosophy right now. Yeah, and Look, if it was me, I would probably send out someone out there to kick lumps out of Jorginho in the first ten minutes. <laughs> Championship manager. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be a job opening up where Mark Hughes is. Maybe take that one. Um, what did you guys think of Hazard? Got a bit more time this week. He really ran the show. Didn't yeah, he? he started, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's what we expected from Hazard. Um, yeah, sorry, doesn't think he's a ninety-minute player, but I mean, good to see he's starting. Good to see he's you know running things. But he, there. Looked, he looked hungry as well. He was yeah. getting kicked all day, and oh. he just went after it. It's um, amazing how some of these guys, at like the likes of Neymar and Hazard and stuff, and they do get absolutely belted mm. all game, every game, because everyone knows that it's the small, tricky forward. Yeah, yeah. but but I mean, I mean, is is that maybe what you know, some bit of sorry magic here, like keeping on the bench for a couple of weeks, get him hungry? That's the best as I've looked for a while. I think for Chelsea, mm. I think some of the pressure's off of him a little bit because he doesn't need to be all and everything to Chelsea at the moment because it's more of a, I guess, a system to play as mm. opposed to sitting deep, being effective on the counter, relying on Hazard mm. for it to be effective. This system yeah, relies on Jorginho for it to be effective. Mm. And, I mean, how long are they going to persist with Morata? He didn't have a great game. And, I mean, it's, it's you know, Sarri's been known to, you know, be a bit unconventional when it comes to for his mm. forward lines. Mm. And, you know, he, he, he probably wouldn't hesitate to stick Hazard in, in there as a sort of false nine or, you know, a, a centre forward or even Pedro or someone like that and just sort of rotate them around. Well, that's where Tommy's stats come in. When you say 15 shots, only three of them on target, that's not even a third. Like, that's... Mm. It's a fifth. <laughs> Maths. Didn't need a calculator went, for that went, one. Went one step further than me there. <laughs> um, 
But look, that that's that's where Chelsea can improve. Mm. They're making plenty of chances, but probably not doing enough with them. Yeah, yeah cool. All right, well that's um that's all of the games so far over the last night, two days, and the week. Um, but there's still one one more game left this week, and that's um, Man United versus Spurs. Which... If ever a game had nil nil written all over. <laughs> Do you think so, Joe? I think the the biggest question mark over this game is whether or not Lloris is gonna gonna play. Oh, I, play. oh you think so? We'll, we get an Uber there. <laughs> <laughs> Are we getting the team bus? Yeah, <laughs> he will not be driving the team bus. I mean, I don't think he will. I think Pochettino is the yeah, kind of guy who I think. Yeah, I think they will. I just think... Pochettino, I think, is the kind of guy that that says, you, you know what, like there's a there's a certain expectation of what we expect from players and that doesn't align but he's going to be fine he's the club captain as well it's united they've got they've they've got to um they've got to put in a good performance against them and there's too much of a drop off um between hugo Lloris and i mean who have they got michel um argentinian or french french i don't know but anyway you know i think the third string might be argentinian yeah i mean they 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 need um they need Lloris there, particularly for the game against United. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just play him and, you know, the, the club finds him or something like that. Because Yeah, you're right. There yeah. are other ways of disbelieving a player. Vorm's Vorm Dutch, by the way. Oh, All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, what's your score predictions, lads? Listeners. And then we'll, well, then we'll keep moving. I'm yeah, well. going a 2 under Spurs. 2 under Spurs. Yes. All right. I think Spurs have got a good chance here. I think, yeah, they might get up 1 0 to Spurs. Yeah. All right. Transfer chat. Rumour mill this week, boys. Um, few few things going around. Uh, first one, uh, Zidane to United, not to play, but to manage. <laughs> I think uh, they're taking it as either right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Um, are we talking before the end of the season? Yeah. 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 Right. Men United have already got a manager, don't they? For now? For now. For now. Pre-Christmas, yes. Is, is, is it more appropriate to ask how long is Mourinho going to last? I feel like Did everyone's uh, we, sort of everyone's, everyone's, conclusion. I mean, we've, had, we've had that conversation, but the, the I guess the the point is who could replace him, and there's who's available, really. Mm. Um, it, it probably is Zidane. He's the only person with the sort of the name. Um, He's a classic like Ed Woodward type recruitment for a manager, isn't he? Like you can't see them taking a punt on someone who is a bit of a left field candidate. Big name. It has to be a big name. It'd be someone like Carlo Ancelotti or but, well, he's just he's or... just settled at Napoli. So... Oh no, but someone like him. Yeah. So, but who, so who is there? That's what I mean. There really isn't that many many managers going around, unless it's Simeone. But again, I don't think he solves nah. the um, the identity crisis that Man you have. It's probably worse. I actually think United is a really great fit for Zidane. I agree. Someone agree. like a big name, a glittery name for United. Someone who. You know, showed at Real Madrid that he can manage the big personalities. All I mean, you know, all someone needs to do is step in there and get all these big names that they have firing. And you know, Bob's your uncle. I mean, you know, I mean, he did it did it at Madrid for you know multiple three seasons, winning the Champions League well, three seasons in a row. The, the two the two questions I have there is, I mean, when you say he did it at Madrid, that team was pretty well established. And Ronaldo's I mean, team as well, mind you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. a little bit different, but agree. you know, and I, do, still... I do see what you're saying. He's a good fit, especially when you put him with Pogba. And obviously, if you get rid of Mourinho, you've got to pick one of the two. Pogba and Mourinho, they've invested in both. Obviously, if you turf Mourinho, you're sticking with Pogba. Is going to be a captain. He, you're going to build the team around him. Him and Zidane have a good relationship. You can see that working well. Um, I guess the difference is that United, 
is it the case that they have big personalities to manage or do they have a lack of personality? Because that's another question. Is, is, is it aren't going to build a, a, a team Is there? it the right personalities? Like, there's... They don't have someone sort of similar to Carrick who is sort of like the quiet, unassuming, but still a, a leadership and a leader and a, a strong character. But is it, is it not... The, it's not like Madrid where everyone's a strong player and everyone's a strong character and you've got to keep everyone in check. At Man U, there isn't anyone like that. They've got Pogba and no one else. So... Don't think Sanchez is a big personality? Really. Okay. Not in the in the dressing room like that. Sanchez is on on the pitch. He plays for himself, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if there's there's a comparison to be made. When you, when you have a man manager, do you need someone to manage the personalities, or do you need someone in that dressing room to build a team up? And there would be a lot of um, a lot of players, you know, to leave United, no matter who comes in next, because. Yeah, a lot of big names and a lot of a lot of players, um, you know, who, who certainly aren't happy being on the bench week in week out. Uh, Martial is one of them. Yeah, is he going to get a move this window? Do you think? There's been a lot of talk about him. I know he, there was a lot of interest in him in, in Italy back in France as well. I think. I mean, unfortunately, he'd love to go somewhere like PSG, but you know, not a lot of room for him in that front three, especially on the left. Yeah. Mm. So that's the kind of club that he'd like to go to. But where where could he go? Really, I, th- I thought somewhere. I thought somewhere Spurs. like um, Milan would have been perfect for him. Yeah, um, again, a club that wants to spend money. Who do Roma play on the left? Question with that nose. Just come back to that one. Who do they play out there? I don't know. No, I can't remember. My brother's screaming at home now. <laughs> I think I can hear him somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> in Italy. Um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not happy at United. And Mourinho doesn't like him there. And Mourinho doesn't like him. It's, it's like he a, needs a move. Question is whether he'll get it. Um, running out of time in most of yeah. the European windows with them closing on, um, you know, at the end of the month. Forty-eight hours, seventy-two hours left. Yeah, isn't there? not not far away. So not a lot of noise being made about Martial leaving. Really, yeah. it doesn't really sound like there's someone that. Uh, maybe it's a case of sorry, menu. Um, Want too much for him, yeah. and everyone's just like, "Yeah, we're not I mean, paying he, that much." He might be able to. He might be able to get out of United, um, you know, because of the he doesn't get along well with Mourinho. But I think a lot of the Premier League clubs, um, like we said um, in the initial transfer chat, um, when the Premier League window closed, because of the time differences, Premier League clubs, you know, I think we're going to see them taking a lot harder stance on outgoing players because they're not going to be able to replace them. them. So, I mean, you know, other players that, um, you know, potentially or have been rumoured to be leaving the Premier League are, you know, Rose leaving Spurs. Um, mm. Do you think Pochettino will put his foot down and take a hard line, especially given they didn't bring anyone in? He's been, he's been linked with PSG among, you know, a few other clubs. They don't really have anyone else other than Rose and Davies who can play left yeah. back. Like Vertonghen kind of can, but it's yeah. not the same sort of player. No. And then you don't have Vertonghen in the middle flat, as well. Very flat uh, fullback Vertonghen. Yeah. Mm. So no, I don't know. Again, not sure where Rose could end up going. And like you said, the shortfall in the, in the window makes it tough for Premier League clubs to let someone go. Mm. Um, unless you decide it. they're not going to play and you let them go and catch in in January and try and sign someone then. But mm. that'd be so frustrating for a team like Spurs, who are sort of there thereabouts. And to lose like depth in such a key position like that, and they, they do rely on their fullbacks a lot for like, penetration, width, and all that sort of thing. And 
yeah, to lose someone like Rose, who, who is a good player when he's when he's mentally committed to the team. Because who, who do they have there? I mean, obviously they've got World Cup Kieran. Who, World Cup Kieran, yes. Um, who, who's still not fully fit. Uh, no, not fully moment. fit. So and, uh, you'd think and Rose be getting more well. time. And, um, and, Serge Aurier. Oh, yes, Aurier. And also um, they've got Cole Walker-Peters, Walker-Peters. as well. So mm-hmm. they do have players there. So it's, I don't know if it's necessarily that they need Rose, but... Oh, I don't know. I mean, Look, Ashley what? Young has proved yeah. that you can be a right footer playing on the left. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know where he goes. Um, who else could use him? Mm. West Ham. Man United. Yeah. Uh, Let's looks like now. I don't think we're going to solve this. Looks one. like he's staying. Yeah. Um, this, this puzzle remains unsolved. Um, another. Another. Uh, wide player that doesn't necessarily play or sorry another defender that doesn't necessarily play like a defender um, Alonso rumours of Alonso to Spain I think this is this is possible but I think this is bullshit I'll disagree you go first <laughs> <laughs> you go first Look, I think a lot of clubs in Spain would like to have him yeah. sure but the two that are being talked about are the two Madrid clubs mm. he's performing so well and look yeah he's Sorry clearly likes him yeah he's, he's performing so well um yeah, he's defensively suspect, but Chelsea are defensively suspect, I yeah. think. Yeah. David Luiz is defensively <laughs> suspect. Exactly like, he's having a new yeah. life I under Sarri. So. I think Chelsea have got bigger problems than Alonso, and yeah. they don't have many more bigger positives at the moment than Alonso no. as well. So yeah. it would be intensely confusing for them to let go of Alonso. Yeah. It's not well, going to happen. Uh, oh, well, they could take Victor Moses. See, if the rumour was, was Moses to leave, i go, yeah, fine. Moses to Madrid. Go on. No, because the, the rumour was um, Atleti and, and Real Madrid, yeah. which and neither of those make sense to me for no, Alonso. Because yeah. in each case, he's got who? Philippe Luiz, Juan Fran. Marcelo. And Lucas Hernandez, all at Atleti. Mm. Hernandez, remember, had a great World Cup. And then, um, yeah, Marcelo and um, Danny Carvajal. Mm. So, Carvajal. Whatever. <laughs> You're getting your, your soft J's and your hard, hard J's mixed up. We don't all speak Portuguese. Okay, Give Jesus. Give Jesus. Jesus. Uh, let me just say Nevesh, and that's all that Nevesh. <laughs> You're nailing that one. I enjoy that one. All right, closer to home, the Bolt Report, the non-racist one. Yes. <laughs> what so, did we learn? Well, What's I mean, happened this week? Ha- again, uh, let's has anything happened to this the que- week? To the question from last week, has he kicked a ball yet? Has yes. anyone seen? He has. I know he went to training, but did anyone actually he's see him He's too big for Gosford. Well, he's too big for the gym. Apparently he set a, a record at the Central Coast Mariners gym. Yeah, what, lifting, running? Well, well I wasn't 40 metre sprint, because that would be, <laughs> be pretty disappointing that's, if that's, that's not the fair. headline. That's not fair if he's doing sprint, <laughs> sprint records then. <laughs> That will no, never be broken. Who has he beaten? No, listen, like, back to the track. Bahadja? He's quick. Bahadja, yeah. I don't think there's a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my He's point not track is, quick, you're right. My, my point is, we saw a video of him training. There was no balls in that training session. They were just doing, like, running around. No, cars. he did He did very light duties in the training session that was televised. Um, and, yes, um, Mulvey's come out and said, uh, the coach of Central Coast Mariners yeah. has come out and said I that. Know he is. You know, <laughs> just for your, for your a little, benefit, a little the bit listeners of know who he is. You may or may not know who he is. Um, you know, has said we'll give him a good go, um, but there's no no guarantees. But I mean, the more and more popularity that Central Coast Mariners are getting out of this, do you think there almost comes a point where even if he may not get a contract on merit, if he was you know Usain Bhaja, 
uh, and he wouldn't. He's not going to get a contract on on merit. Do you think he he'll get one anyway? Does it matter if he's good enough? Maybe it comes down to what's more important to Central Coast, sort of competition points or Instagram likes. Well, what happens if he doesn't get one? So we go through all this circus and we talk about him every week. We've got the Bolt Report going every week. People are listening in to find out what's going to happen next. That's probably, why then... the only, that's probably the only reason why people are still listening to the pod. The Bolt, the Bolt, Report. The Bolt Report. And we've put it last. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've not really added anything to it. <laughs> we still haven't talked anything about it. <laughs> Is his sauce brand taking attention away from hard-working Aussie sauce bottles at the Central Coast? Now that would be a good endorsement. He's got his own. He's got his own sauce lines in Coles. Does he? Hot sauce. Uh, how have I missed this? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because it gives you the runs? Oh wow! <laughs> well, I'm, I'm too busy blowing up about the shopping bags to um yeah. to notice the hot sauce selection. <laughs> Jesus. That's for another podcast. That's another yeah. ep. We could do. Yeah. We could do an, an hour off, on that off the ball <laughs> segment on that. That's that's my first off the ball segment. Yeah, look out. That's coming. That's coming next week or the week after. Uh, Andy Copernitus is off the ball. Um, well, you know, more on the Bolt report to come. You know, we'll maybe we'll see. maybe not. Maybe next week we'll have an update on whether or not he can kick a ball. That's all we've got time for. Thanks again for listening to More Than a Game. We'll be back next week to recap Spurs and talk Match Day Four. In the meantime, if you ever miss an episode or you want to subscribe, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, review us and let us know what you thought. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTAG Podcast or on Facebook at More Than A Game Podcast. There you can find more in-depth coverage on what's got us talking from the Premier League, football in Australia and more, or just winding up Robbie Slater on Twitter. (laughs) Until this time next week, enjoy the football. Mm -hmm.